everyone. Welcome back to the What the Fear podcast. Yes, it's been What the Fear. It's always been What the Fear. I don't know what you're talking about. This is your host, Gwen. And this is Inky. And I, you know, if you thought that we ever had a different name, the joke is on you because it's always been What the Fear. Yeah, it's some sort of Mandela effect. People keep saying we're something else, like why we fear the dark. No, no, no. no. So I got a few things, a little bit of business to take care of before we get started with our spooky stories for this week. And number one is our podcast is now available to listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And so if you want to subscribe to us there, you can click the links in the description. And again, lest I have to state it over and over again, and I probably will, we don't do research very well. We don't do research good. Yeah, we're, we're, we should probably come up with an intro where it's like, this is where we tell you horror stories, but we do no research. Maybe it's like our... our our perspective of horror stories. But anyway, as usual, sources will be in the description as well. It has already been pre-decided before the beginning of this recording that I must go first because Gwen has not forgiven me for forcing her to go on her first episode. So I'm here to tell you about the West Mesa Bone Collector. Bone saws ready. (laughs) Bone saws ready. So this takes place in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And New Mexico has a soft spot in my heart because I have family there and I have visited and I love it to death. I would never live there, but boy, is it fun to visit. And if Bugs Bunny was always trying to get to Albuquerque, there must be something good there. Uh, I think he always took a wrong turn in Albuquerque. I don't think he was trying to get there. Our story starts in 2009, and there's a woman walking her dog around the West Mesa development site. Now, this place had been uh, plotted for housing development, but thanks to the good old 2008 housing crash, it never got off the ground, literally. Everything got cultivated and set up and zoned, but houses were never built on the properties. Free real estate. It's free real estate, baby. So as she's walking her dog in this area, which is not... To my understanding is not too, too far away from city limits. It's within city limits. It's not that remote because there have been neighbors in the area that were complaining about flooding. The development like responded by making a wall that would channel the water away. So there was all this stuff that was happening and people were taking walks out there. So it must have been close by. Which is funny because when I think of New Mexico, I picture just like a giant desert because of cartoons. You wouldn't so be I wrong. don't picture like there being an issue with flooding. You wouldn't be wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, think about it. There's not enough r- rain happening. When the rain does happen, it has nowhere to go because everything is so dry. So it... it piles up pretty quickly also i call bullshit on cartoons they always have a cow skull there and i have yet to see one every Every time time. i go somewhere every time i go to a fucking desert no cow skull yeah i've been lied to that's like the biggest disappointment i was hoping to find a sun bleached cow skull somewhere and instead i find disappointment and cacti (sighs) my day is ruined all right so as she's walking her dog she comes upon a bone uh, and I did, I should have done more research on how the bone was found. I'm assuming the dog dug it up. And this bone ends up being a femur. Oh, man. So that dog's day was made. Well, he was happy up until they took it away from him because she ended up calling the police. And it so turns out, remember how I was talking about how the neighbors were complaining about flooding? Well, all of that retaining wall that was pulling the water away was actually exposing the bones to the surface. So spooky. Oh, spooky scary. You, what, you, no, no remark about a river of bones or Well, see, and 
that would be a little too cliche for me because I love that kind of stuff yeah. and I would probably want to build a house next to like just a pile of bones but at the same time like <laughs> you I don't... mean a graveyard not a pile not just a pile of bones no just a singular mean... pile of bones <laughs> like nondescript bones nondescript the human animal yeah no it doesn't it don't matter, matter. So, it just has to be a pile of bones tell, so if you find some free real estate somewhere that just has a pile of bones give us a call the authorities of course are going to get involved and as they start digging around in the mesa they start finding in the mesa just that mesa they find the remains uh totaling up to 11 different women and girls and a fetus <gasps> and a fetus and a fetus that's fucked up so all of these women ranged uh, in age between 15 and 32. Most were Hispanic, although there is one confirmed African-American female that, that was also involved in that list. Mm-hmm. And police would call their lifestyles a high-risk lifestyle, which is code word for they do drugs and they do sex work. And obviously they're not that high on the priority for police. Of course not. You know, because... You know, humans aren't human, I guess. Yeah, apparently you stop being a human once you, you know, start doing something that society disapproves of. God forbid you try to make your ends meet however the fuck you can, right? Mm-hmm. So an interesting note is uh, as they were doing their research into what was going on with this whole situation, they were using satellite photos, which I assume is Google Google Earth or Google Maps. Well, I mean, it just goes to show you how much Google knows that the fact that just cops are Googling their own <laughs> They're just Googling. I mean, I, I have to give it to the police, though, for them to, to be like, you know what? Let's look at the satellite photos mm-hmm. of that area and see what we can find. That's pretty smart. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying they were that was a bad move or anything. It's just so funny that it's like, hey, Google, <laughs> bodies we found, you know? Hold on, ours is going to talk. Sorry, I don't understand. Uh, between 2003 and 2005, they show the mark, like tire marks and patches of disturbed soil in the area, and they ended up correlating to where remains were recovered, and the last victim was buried in 2005. So, so, so yeah, they were burying. Yeah, somebody was out there burying okay. people, and it was taking place between 2003 and 2005, so in roughly. Two, so in two years, this sick bastard buried 11 bodies. Or more. I mean, we don't know how far this goes. Let me go ahead and let you guys know that this case is still unsolved. So we have no idea. There could be more cases out there, more bodies that are linked to this this individual, but we don't know. But I mean, there's a lot of speculation. That's just so awful. Especially considering that they found a fetus, which would imply that one of them might have been pregnant. I get, yeah. I, and I wish I had done more research on that, too, because I don't know if it was found separate or if it was found... You know, as you would expect to find a fetus, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then now we're looking in fast forwarding a bit to December of 2010. The Albuquerque Police Department released pictures of seven women who were of interest that could be linked to the murders. Thankfully, though, two of the women were later discovered to be alive and one had apparently died of natural causes. But the police never said where they got the photos or whether anything has come from that particular tip. So, And I can picture it being hard for them to try to ID just bones, you know. Well, not just that. I don't know if you guys have ever heard. You would have to if you're into true crime. If you've ever heard of people who go missing or they find remains of someone that aren't skeletal. They're perfectly intact. They know exactly what they look like. They put pictures of them out, but nobody ever identifies them, ever. There's still Jane Doe's and John Doe's. And it's like, imagine the difficulty doing that 
But now they're skeletons. Yeah, especially if there's, like, no dental records or anything oh, yeah. like that. If you're like me who hasn't seen a dentist in about 300 years, if I go missing, they'll never find me. So... That's right. We're secret agents. <laughs> I have no fingertips either. That's a long discussion with a... With a with an ironing board and a hot iron. <laughs> it was a bad day that day. All right. So then we're also looking in uh, December 13th of 2010 and police reported. Okay. So we did talk about how two of them were still alive, but they also noted that they could be valuable information towards the case if they can be located, but it's never been mentioned if they have been located. And then in June, we're going to fast forward all the way to 2018. Well, before we continue. So yeah. if they... If they haven't come forward, I'm assuming these people were picked because they work in that field or they have some sort of assumption that these are the type of people that would be associated in the situations that these girls were found in. So I cannot but wonder if they haven't responded. I mean, they have to know, right? They have to know. That means they've either been arrested or they have some sort of record on these people. Mm -hmm. They have a reason not to come forward. Well, not just that. Not just that. Like, say, if the police knows these people where they usually work mm -hmm. and they haven't been able to find them, that's not a good sign. Well, no, they're confirmed as alive, but maybe they're out of the game. Maybe they want to live a normal life or... I think the thing, the more the more mysterious part of it is where do they get these pictures from? Fair enough, yeah. And they never confirmed where they got the pictures from, so it's like, shit, how do they have this... How do they have these pictures of me? Where was I? And maybe they have nothing to do with the case at all. Or maybe they do and they know and they're afraid to get involved because they know who did it and they don't want to get... This is true. You know what I mean? There's so many there's so many ways you could take that. It's true. It's super vague. It, even though we're fast forwarding to 2018, nothing amazing happened. They found more bones, but they were just uh, ancient. So they had nothing to do with this particular case. But... How terrifying must it have been for people to, like, pull up bones and be like, oh, God, you know, again with this. I mean, the thing is, your, your phrasing of ancient just really, really made me want to giggle because it's like, holy shit, this person's head was massive, Lieutenant. It's like, that's a T-Rex head. Oh, come on. Get out of here, you schlub. All right. So we have a whole host of suspects that, that could be, can be. Well, actually, I have some more information before the suspects. Sorry, I am like, I did my report today. You would think I would remember all this stuff, but I didn't. My bad. Number one was uh, Witty Jurgen. I forgot how that SpongeBob name is. Smitty Worman Jagerman Jensen. There I got go. it. That's the guy. That was the save. They suspected the bodies were all buried by the same person or persons. And maybe the work of a serial killer, which they ended up calling the Bone Collector. That's such a badass name. On a note, I'm sorry. I know I'm, maybe you guys want to oh, hear the story. Oh, we just got her on a rant. But on a tangent here, stop giving cool fucking names to serial killers. Stop giving them names. Every time you give them a name, their dick gets a little harder and they go out and kill someone else. Okay, because they want to be on the a news. a female killer. Her clit gets a little harder. God damn. <laughs> but seriously, stop doing it. Stop giving them cool names. And then the authorities also believe that the murders were linked to the annual state fair, which attracts, according to Wikipedia, large numbers of sex workers to the area in the fall. I mean, those were always my best days. <laughs> those That was my favorite ride to get on at the fair. Uh, and no official suspects have ever been named. They offered $100,000, but of course, that's not been collected. And a number of men have attracted police attention, but they've never been named as full suspects. So we have... 
Mr. Fred Reynolds, who was a pimp, who knew one of the missing women and reportedly had photos of missing sex workers, but he died of natural causes in 2009. We have Lorenzo Montoya, who lived less than three miles from the site, and in 2006, there were reportedly tire tracks leading from his trailer to the site. Montoya strangled a teenager in his trailer and then was shot to death by the teen's boyfriend. Now, I remember a little bit about this story. I think what had happened was she went in to go do this, the work and took her boyfriend with, with her to wait for her outside while she did what she was going to do uh, because the guy made her uncomfortable. So did the... So the boyfriend was sitting outside. She hadn't come out in the time that she said she would. He got worried. He goes in. He sees what happens. He kills the dude, I think is what happened. But, like, kudos on that guy because knowing that your girlfriend does this kind of line of work and you're just cool with it... I don't think she. I don't think she did sex work. I, well, I think she was an exotic dancer. I think. Don't quote me on that, but I. Re, I seem to remember something about that. There, something in the the furthest depths of my memory. If you came for accuracy, boy, are you in the wrong? You in the podcast. wrong spot. All right, we have uh, Ron Irwin, who's a photographer from Joplin, Missouri. And he used to visit the, next, the New Mexico State Fair pretty pretty frequently. They confiscated hundreds of photos and documents from his home and businesses, but the police still couldn't tie him to the murders. And then it says in quotation, or in parentheses, Erwin rather ob- obviously later told a local, local newspaper that he was devastated by the serial killer's suspicions. I'm sure you were, because now your name is everywhere. There was also convicted... Colorado serial killer Scott Lee Kimball, who stated that he was being investigation for the case as well, but he denied killing those women. So he killed people, but he didn't kill those yeah, people. Yeah, he just didn't kill those people. He didn't want to cop to that one. Well, I mean, <clears throat> rare are the, the killers that are willing to take, you know, glory for themselves, but make sure it, that their kills are theirs and not, you know. I, I don't know if any of you out there are gamers, but, you know, he's not, he, he doesn't steal your kill. <laughs> he's <laughs> but like then there's also George Walker but he's not um he's not a suspect he's rather a private investigator. He started receiving cryptic taunting phone calls and emails from someone claiming to have info about the killer, but that lead hasn't panned out. So there's a whole bunch of people that have popped up like local pimps, people who beat their wives, some dead or in jail, but never have they've had enough evidence to link any of them officially. Now, this is a more recent development because I know I mentioned 2018 and blah blah blah, but that was still yet unknown at this time, right? Uh-huh. In 2014, there was a breakthrough regarding a man named Joseph Blee. B-L-E-A. So, Blay, Blee, Blay. Um, yeah. I'll say Blay. Sure. Um, Blay has been dubbed the mid-school rapist for his activities. Stop giving them names, for fuck's sake. In well, the, <laughs> he had activities going on in the 1980s. Please. Police say he would often break into the homes of 13 to 15 year old girls who oh. lived near McKinley Middle School in Albuquerque and rape them. Also, can we stop saying sexually assaulted? It's rape. Let let the word make you uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable for the people involved. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> in one Damn. case, there was a DNA sample, but the rape test kit hadn't. Or wasn't rerun until 2010. Of course. So we're going back and forth, but like they had eventually linking Blade to the rape. In 2015, Blade was also suspected by police of killing a sex worker because his DNA sample was located on the inner waistband and belt of, of the worker found dead on Central Avenue, which, according to this article, it is a notorious street for sex work in the eastern part of the city of Albuquerque. So 
you guys can take it up with that article, not me. That's another place you can go for a field trip. In addition, a tree tag from a nursery was found in the area where the West Mesa victims' bodies were buried, and it was tracked to a nursery blade once frequented. But, I mean, it's like if someone got killed and they were like, hey, Inky goes to this Walmart a lot. You know, like, that's not a very concrete lead, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I, well, I mean... Yeah. People have been able to solve crimes with lesser stuff. And so, Blay in the mid school, in the mid school rape case, the, this article, I swear, was sentenced to 36 years in June of 2015 at 58 years of age. Now, I, d- I didn't seem to write it down, but there was a particular suspect who had, who was pretty good for the case. And when he died, the murders stopped. But I, for some reason, in my infinite wisdom, didn't seem. Didn't seem to put that in the in my particular writing of the story because I am not a journalist, but I promise you I'll have it linked and you guys can read up on that. I, I'm the best journalist. <laughs> so that was my story for this week. That was what made me fucking what the fear um, was the bone collector of Albuquerque. Well, fuck that guy. If you're still alive, fuck you. You ain't shit. Well, see, mine... <clears throat> Mine comes from a more, uh, I don't know how to explain it. I guess conspiratorial fear. Mm. Um, because I love conspiracies. Oh, who doesn't? Especially when they're real. Yeah. Oh, this is a true conspiracy. Well, okay. When I was trying to find something for the podcast, I was on this website. Um, I believe it was like NPR, it was for like some murder. Ooh. Uh, unsolved murder and on off to the side i saw this little ad which i know right ads and uh because Wait, you don't have ad blocker no i'm some sort of savage okay oh my god you're already you're entering your elderly phase yeah 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 get your old woman jokes out Pinky, come look at the screen this pop-up says that i want a new ipad yep and that's how i got my free ipad <laughs> it only cost me thirty two thousand dollars <laughs> Okay, that's how, I think that's about how much they actually cost Yeah, now. that's about normal. Well, anyways, they were talking about how did the government poison alcohol during the Prohibition era? I, I thought about it, and I remember hearing something about it, but I just wasn't sure. I've never heard of this. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to click on it. Just shits and grins. Mm. Kind of distract me from literally slamming my head in my desk because I could not understand what this current section for the murderer was trying to tell me it because was pretty you, badly written well you know it was like i wrote it and well, sent it to you words you know words are kind of hard words are hard ladies and gentlemen words are very hard okay hit me hit me baby so do you know when prohibition was uh, <laughs> fuck you you piece of shit because you know i don't it was between <laughs> The 19, uh, 1920 to 1933. It's like if I had rolled up on you and been like, hey, hey, you know when the bone collector was active? You'd have been like, no, stupid, tell me. Oh, well, see, there's kind of a difference because prohibition was taught during school. Yeah, I didn't go to school. Well, lucky you. <laughs> That's a story for another time. Well, anyways, it was between 1920 and 1933. Okay. So it lasted a whopping 13 years, which surprises the shit out of me considering how prohibition yeah because you know people and their alcohol you can't really split them apart i mean 
if from okay, I didn't go to school. I don't know the dates, but from what I remember, prohibition didn't do shit. Oh no, it really didn't. Like there's this huge misconception that like when prohibition came around, alcohol was impossible to get. No way. You can go to a pharmacy and say, I need medicine and they will prescribe you alcohol. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that it was hard to get. It was hard for poor people to get. No. It Not wasn't even? even that. Oh, shit. It wasn't so much that it was the manufacturing of alcohol that was illegal. So you had a bunch of people in their basements trying to make it. Exactly. Okay. And so, <clears throat> hence bootleggers. And of course, that led to the rise of organized crime, like the mafia and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I was going to say the ride of Zayo Dong, but that, that's... Yeah, that's an inside joke. Anyway, go ahead. You can excuse her. I'm she's, sorry. She's, she's, I'm very excited for this story. The government had been trying to stop people from drinking alcohol prior to prohibition. Mm -hmm. And so they picked up a few tricks from uh, over the pond. And so they slowly started introducing foreign agents into alcohol AKA. to try to dissuade people from drinking it. Well, no, it wasn't poison. No, I was going to say AKA. So what they were trying to do is... As Deborah Bloom, the author of The Poisoner's Handbook, Murder and the Birth of Forensic Medicine oh, in Jazz book. Age New York. Oh, shit. I want that book. Damn. Yeah. Not sponsored. Not sponsored, but totally read the book. <laughs> but I mean, if you want us to, we can put an Amazon link. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazon affiliate So link. she calls this process, or as the government called it, uh, denaturing the alcohol. Ooh. So basically what they were trying to do is alter the taste of it. Oh, that makes sense. They figured that if the alcohol just tasted so bad, like if it literally tasted like swamp ass, nobody would drink it. I mean, what is the difference? Beer tastes like piss anyway. Well, here's the thing. Like some people like that taste, but if they tried to do that nowadays with so many people eating ass... <laughs> The, like the millennials would be like jokes on you i was raised to eat the ass yeah like that would be the most popular <laughs> beverage right now <laughs> yes well anyways so this was not working mm -hmm. obviously i mean it doesn't matter what it tastes like yeah people just want to get fucking shit face case in point people who drink vodka mm -hmm. bitch don't at me uh, well, I mean, I personally don't like vodka, but I mean, to I mean, each their own. Because I like tequila, and I've heard a lot of people talk shit about tequila, and I do not want to be friends with them. <clears throat> Eventually, the government started getting really desperate. Hmm. And just as Prohibition was rolling along, they realized, well, we only stopped the manufacturing of it. So if somebody still had a stock of it or whatever, what could we do to... Take, for example, Budweiser. It's not like they don't have warehouses and warehouses full of Back this stock. shit, you know? Yeah. And not even already packaged alcohol, but alcohol that's still in the tanks, you know, being processed. Mm -hmm. In this denaturing, they added methyl alcohol, a.k.a. wood alcohol, Oof. to grain alcohol, which rendered it poisoned. <laughs> yes. So they accidentally air quotes, poisoned people to stop them from drinking. Bear in mind, this was put into place by people who were rich and had their own wine cellars and stuff stocked full of their alcohol that were still getting drunk. They just didn't want other people getting drunk. Those fuck boys. <laughs> so messed up. 
Why? Okay, go ahead. You're going to tell me why. So, ultimately, people were left in a conundrum. And a lot of people were wondering, well, why the raise of organized crime? <clears throat> because you could still buy alcohol in a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If you just so happen to be one of those desperate souls that cannot live their lives without alcohol, who are you going to buy it from? A place that you've seen Johnny is drinking from and Johnny dropped dead, you know? Yeah, they're buying poison. Or are you going to drink it from Polly, you know, the mobster who was giving Mark his alcohol and Mark only went blind? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you got to choose. Do you want to go dead or do you want to go blind? (laughs) Do you want to go dead? I I would take dead, please. I would like one dead, please. And so it really was a thing having to choose between buying alcohol from a shady individual who put who knows what in your alcohol that could potentially harm you or buy it from the mafia. Yeah, I'm going with the mafia because they're drinking it and they're all still somewhat alive. Yeah. Well, after doing uh, more research on the actual book, Turns out there's an estimated 10,000 people that died from this poisoned alcohol, this tainted alcohol that was permitted to circulate to try to stop people from drinking. Now, the funny thing about this is the government was trying to moral... Grandstand. Grandstand, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I could not... Words. What are they? Words are hard. It's funny how they're like, well, obviously being drunk is morally wrong, You know what is less morally wrong than having drunk people? Murdering people. Yeah, murdering people. (laughs) Well, luckily, people's pension for alcohol won out in the end because Prohibition was a galactic failure. It was doomed to fail from the beginning. Yeah, it failed so spectacularly. I mean, it only lasted 13 years. Which is both amazing that it lasted 13 years, but also only 13 years. When you buy something, you expect... And, and and it always amazes me that people say there's too much regulation for certain things. Mm-hmm. But it's like, this is why when you buy something, you want to make sure it doesn't fucking kill you. Yeah, it's funny to think of it's funny to think that there was a time in our history when there was no regulation on anything and you could just go buy whatever and it could at any moment kill you or a family member or there was just no way of telling. There was no quality control at all. Yeah. That's wild. That's my story. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that story because as you were talking about making things taste bad, uh, it reminds me of my dad who, on one of his many, many, many like probations from being arrested for being an alcoholic, one time uh, a doctor <laughs> prescribed him pills that would make him sick if he were to drink alcohol. So he had to take these pills... I don't remember if it was every day, but it, he had to take them regularly. And anytime he would drink alcoholic beverages, it would force him to throw up immediately. Interesting. This was back in the 90s, I think. 90s, early 2000s. That amazes me that out that was even an option that people were even doing. Well, I mean, I guess because alcohol at the moment is just so mainstream, like it's advertised everywhere, you know. You see it on billboards and all that other stuff. It's so hard to for me to imagine that at one point in our country, you were literally the bottom of the ladder if you were found drinking alcohol. That's kind of where we are right now with weed. Well, in, I think that stigma is starting to fade. Well, yeah, but I mean, like at, at some point, because there's like this war on drugs, it's just drugs in general, right? They're launching attacks against anything that's not alcohol, basically. 
And if you do drugs of any kind, you're trash. But yet you're being you're getting the pe- the finger pointed at you from someone who's wasted on a near constant basis. Well, I mean, it, the funny thing about that is, is that like you know, it's not so much a war on all drugs. Mm. It's the drugs that people don't approve of yeah, because society. At the end of the day, coffee does alter your perspective. It does cheer you up. It does give you energy. It does. It is a drug and people get addicted to coffee, yet you don't see people bitching and complaining when you're drinking your fifth cup of coffee of the day. Well, their argument is usually you don't get in a car wreck when you're on coffee or you don't do the You don't do X thing when you're on coffee. You know, it's not that bad. Well, I mean, here's the thing. There's people that have undiagnosed heart issues that are drinking freaking strong ass espressos and their hearts are exploding as they're driving. That's just as bad as driving drunk. You mean espresso? Espresso, espresso. <laughs> I don't care. I'm expressoing myself right now. She expressively doesn't give a fuck. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that was a really good story. I'm happy because I've been waiting all week to hear it because you told me like the the title of it. And I was like, oh, shit. I wanted to do something that was also in the same conspiratorial sense. But I just... It just, I, it's hard for me to study something when I don't care. Like, I love conspiracies, but I like to be told conspiracies. I don't like to research them. Well, it also, <clears throat> it also doesn't help if the conspiracy isn't that outlandish. Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody told you, oh, by the way, did you know that when you go pay for your registration sticker, they charge you an additional $5 because they want your $5? It's because like, well, you'd be like... you. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sucks. But, you know, it's not like 10,000 people died because I paid an extra $5. It, I still can't get over that. They were like, what if we mix these two different alcohols together? I guess maybe they didn't think, they didn't expect people to drink that much of it. They thought maybe they would take a shot of it and be like, gross, and then put it away. I think, so, I have to believe just because I'm, one, I wasn't there, and two, We've seen our government at work. It's not like you have to be some sort of, you know, high IQ, you know, person. You just have to be charming. Fucking called out. You Well, I mean, really, that's all it is. Yeah. Charisma. Yeah. So you could literally have a bumbling idiot making all the decisions. And the thing about that is, is that maybe the person in charge was like, well, I once put this in here and it tasted like garbage. <laughs> just put like i don't know just licorice flavoring i'm guarantee you would have stopped a lot of people no well no bullshit people drink absinthe never fucking mine yeah absinthe is gross but no (laughs) besides before we lose any more viewers by saying how shitty their taste (laughs) and stuff is that's right um we should probably you know address what's actually going on so like for me it's funny that that failed spectacularly Mm -hmm. the fact that ten thousand people died despite the fact that this alcohol tasted disgusting and i do mean it was supposed to taste completely rancid some of the quotes from some of the articles that i read equated it to it literally tasting like licking someone in between their toes now, how they got that, I don't know. And everybody with a foot fetish got hard. Oh. 
I mean, more power to you. Immediately subscribed. More power to you if you like licking toes. I'm just saying, like... Tell us more about the between of your toes, Gwen. You have special taste buds. It's all I'm saying. (laughs) And you're welcome to lick my toes, but I just... Anyways. (laughs) Wow! I'm not licking yours. You can lick mine, not licking yours. Oh, well, all all of this equates to it being an extremely short episode because uh, both cases were very short. And well, and on top of that, like somebody was doing theirs at the last minute. Well, no, even even then, as I was looking for information, um, there wasn't because it's unsolved and because there wasn't a lot of evidence on the scene to tie. There was no blood evidence, no DNA, no nothing. There, there wasn't much for it to go. There is there is the in, in, interesting part of it about, um, and I guess I could have gone more into detail about it, in that there was a woman who took special interest in the case because the case wasn't getting a lot of attention. And, you know, she turned around and made it a big deal, made it important. And I wish I could remember her name. She ended up being like a major, major player in that whole scene. But it just, you know, that's the human part of it. And I don't care. <laughs> no, well, it's not okay. That. So, like, this is my my rant right here. Okay. The fact that somebody had to bring interest back into the case. Now, I get it. Sometimes cases go cold, and there's nothing you can do. Mm. But the fact that people stopped caring while people were disappearing. Well, it all goes back. It all goes back to quote unquote high risk lifestyles, where it's like if you're if you're gay, if you're doing drugs, if you're you know, be getting paid money for sex. If you're even just a dancer, uh, that's considered high risk. And so when you disappear, and this is also, well, no, I was gonna say this is also in the era where people would just assume that you would, you had just left, you would just run away. But I don't think so. Cause these were, a lot of these were older girls. Not just that. That was pretty recent. That's not a time period where you would just yeah. disappear. Oh. People would be like, oh, they were a runaway. And I did say I would name the names and ages of the girls or the women involved. So before we... I know. You were about to look like a liar. I know. I remembered. So I'll go ahead and give the, the names of these 11 women identified. <clears throat> There's Jamie Barella, who was 15. Monica Candelaria, who was 22. Victoria Chavez, who was 26. Don't laugh at me. Virginia Cloven, who was 24. So, Selenia Edwards, who I believe was the... I do believe that she was the one who was African-American. Feel free to correct me. She was 15. Cinnamon Elks, who was 32. Doreen Marquez, who was 24. Julie Nieto, who was 24. Uh, Veronica Romero, who was 28. Evelyn Salazar, who was 27. And Michelle Valdez, who was 22. And unfortunately, they they have not. They've yet to receive any justice. And the thing is, those age groups are just so spread out. It is. But um, some, as I was doing research, I did also note that they were all of a particular type. They all fit a typing, which is why they considered it one of the many reasons why they considered it a serial killing. Aside from the part where they were all being buried in the same area, of course. Okay, so what was that type? I don't know. <laughs> but this person did target sex workers, but it strikes me interesting as that a couple of them were 15 years old. Were there 15-year-old sex workers? Uh, you'd be surprised. That's terrible. Yeah, it, it really is. And especially in like cases where they don't have a choice. Like You can say, oh, well, there's a lot of women that don't have a choice that go into that profession, but it's because of monetary reasons. They yeah. weren't 
forced into it, so to speak. Like there's forced because you kind of don't have another option, mm-hmm. but then there's, you never had an option and you're forced to I do I mean, when this. you're 15, it's really hard to find a job. Most places won't hire you anyway. Well, it's that. And it could also be that because a lot of these, um, you know, pimps or, you know, organized crime, you know, gangs or whatever, mm-hmm. They lend out money and sometimes they don't have a way to pay back. So the parents or maybe in most instances is a single parent. And it's usually parents that don't give a, a freaking fuck about these kids, like a single fuck. Not just not to say that this is what's going on in this particular situation, but there are a lot of reasons why someone that young would go into that that area. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. there we don't know for everyone, but it. It is frustrating when you hear these cases and you find out at the end of the day that it was a mom that owed money and said, fuck it, take my kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if, it, if they're involved in drugs. That happens a lot. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick Google search and see if I can find uh, the typing because it's like the first three articles that I found. Much like the police, she relies on Google. I do. Google's a wonderful tool. Um, so how's everybody's day? <laughs> oh well, while I'm searching, I just want to let you guys know as well. We have a we have a Gmail address now. Oh shit, we do. Yeah, we, it is wtfear f e a r cast at gmail dot com. So wtfearcast at gmail dot com. Ooh. So if you have a story that you want to submit a personal one or anything that you want to hear read by us, I promise I'll do more re- research on it than I did this. But, uh, yeah, if you have anything you want us to read out on air that is a story or an experience or anything that's involved with what we cover, send us an email. We'll be happy to hear from you. Also, if you happen to know any local stories. Oh, yeah. Even better. And if you want me to make my fantastic world known, like, award winning sound effects, (laughs) just put them in your story. I'll go. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do sound effects. That was lightning, by the way. I didn't mean to scare you. (laughs) If you wanted to do dogs barking in the background. Oh, remember how I said uh, there was a suspect that got killed and the disappearances stopped after he died? Mm -hmm. That was the guy who strangled the girl in his trailer. I mean, he seems like the likely choice. He lived three miles away from the place. There's tire tracks leading to the house. He had pictures of missing sex workers. I mean, I... Yeah, so that's that's just as a kind of a as a more information. And if you're in the Albuquerque area and you have any information, you can actually contact the 118th Street Task Force, which is one eight seven 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 six five eight two seven three, or you can call your local Crime Stoppers at five zero five, which sounds like a totally made up number, but like a Hollywood number, but five zero five eight four three S T O P. Which. For those of you who are like me, that spell stopped. <laughs> but I, I, I don't remember which article it was that had the, the typing. But it, uh, all of the articles I used will be in the description. And I think that's everything we have to cover. We talked about the email, that we're on Apple and Spotify, and we're trying to be a little bit more entertaining this episode. So you guys can let us know how you feel about that. Uh. I'm editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want me to keep it in. And just be like, edit it out. <laughs> just crying in the background. Please get rid of that. But I want to extend a huge thank you to everybody who subscribed to the YouTube channel 
and everybody who is following up and leaving comments and you guys have been great most of you have been friends and family members but the fact that you guys are showing support makes us very very happy if you want to like hear more of our badly researched stories or if you have stories you want us to read badly on this podcast just make sure to email us and if you want sound effects make sure to tell me <laughs> all right that's our that's our episode for this week and this is the shit that made us what the fear oh one more thing. Oh. I know you just did your outro. That's okay. I know we said we were going to do this every two weeks, but I got oh, yeah. I got a bug up my ass. Literally had to pull it out with tweezers. It was terrible. <laughs> what she means is she's having a blast. Well, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> I wanted to, because I, I researched my story and I was like, okay, like, I don't want this to sit on the back burner. So I was like, fuck it. Let, we're doing it live. We'll do it now. We'll do it now. Yeah. We were going to, or we were going to record this for next week, but this is going to come up this week. I'll yeah. be a bit late, but it'll be. Yeah. Late. Cause somebody was being lazy. Yeah. Hey, you know, I love Overwatch and uh, just a big shout out to our girl, Haley. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? That's my girl. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. What the fear? Intro and outro music provided by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. The track is Dark Walk and you can find the link in the description below.